African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, good morning. Thank you for joining us right here on uh, Channel Africa, where you get your African perspective. Thank you for joining us in the SABC studios in Auckland Park, where we're broadcasting outside into sub-Saharan Africa on the frequency 7230 kHz on the 41-meter band to Southern Africa. Thank you for joining us in South Africa. In some SADC countries, you can listen to us on Channel 802 on the audio bouquet. And if you're listening to us from the continent and internationally, you can also Stream us on www.channelafrica.co.z. Well, today we're going to be looking at a humanitarian story, which we haven't done in a very long time, which is looking at uh, non-governmental organizations. In its latest report called The Global Crackdown on Civil Society Organizations, Amnesty International reveals the startling number of countries using bullying techniques and repressive regulations to prevent NGOs from doing their work. The report lists 50 countries countries worldwide where anti-NGO laws have been implemented or are in the pipeline. The organization says uh, in the past two years alone, 40 pieces of legislation that are designed to hamper the work of civil society organizations have been put in place or are in the works around the world. Amnesty International says these laws include implementing ludicrous registration processes for organizations, monitoring their work, in many cases shutting them down if they don't adhere uh, to the unreasonable requirements imposed on them. Well, is this a bad thing? Because sometimes the question is, we don't really know what Amnesty or the likes of the Amnesty Internationals or NGOs are up to. And sometimes their work is very set apart to mainstream uh, uh, civil work. So we'll find out from our guests if these regulations are good, or if they're bad, if the monitoring of NGOs is really a bad thing. From where I sit, why can't they be regulated that's the question i can even ask myself we're joined on the line by mienke statler who is the media and digital content officer at amnesty international south africa we also have lisa vetten joining us once again she is from Wits university and the manager of care work project which is uh, really a project which is concerned at looking at organizations which provide social care services. But let me start the conversation the conversation with you, Manke. Thank you for giving us your time. Good having you back on our program. Now, let's look at the report which says there's a global problem and countries from uh, the continent have been the likes of Egypt and also Saudi Arabia has been one of those uh, uh, regions that has been highlighted in terms of highlight uh, enforcing these laws. And t- Tell us a little bit about your research here. What are you actually looking at and uh, why is it a bad thing that the NGO space should be regulated by governments? Malawi and Mozambique, for example, and what we did was we looked at the 
trend in countries bringing in laws that uh, restrict the work of NGOs. And it's not just international um, NGOs, it's also local NGOs, especially around marginalized groups like women's rights, LGBTIQ, and so forth. And yes, of course, our sector needs to be regulated, but there are international laws as well that many of these countries have signed up to around human rights, around the regulation of organizations like ours or smaller or civil society organizations. And, uh, and, and we find that actually a lot of these laws are designed to make registration of your NGO very difficult, to make uh, getting funding for your NGO, or even just speaking about the issues that you care about. So, for example, we see a lot of crackdown on um, LGBTIQ issues all over the world. And um, this is very worrying to us. So our report does end with recommendations to states as well. Mm. Isn't it the nature of NGO work, Mienke, in terms of just the kind of work you guys do that you will get uh, almost an, a negative response from governments because your role is of a critical nature to society and also it's of a nature where you guys do play the role of watchdogs. So definitely you will get uh, that uh, um, almost uh, uh, negative response uh, from governments or states. From an African context, in terms of uh, these bullying techniques and repressive regulations uh, uh, that you highlight in in this report, what kind of uh, legislation are we seeing or techniques that's been applied by um, governments that actually prevent NGOs from doing their work? about, as I just mentioned, foreign experience and national affairs, 
the need to protect national identity, traditional values and morals, religious beliefs, economic development, and, and things like that. And, um, I, I, and of course, we are not saying that the religious beliefs in say a specific country should be uh, should not be important. With the fact as an organisation, we also stand for religious freedom, which is an example. But at the same time, it should not be uh, the case then that. For example, if one thinks of religion, often what comes up is um, LGBTI and, uh, and women's uh, rights issues. And uh, we feel that, that, the, that these rights can actually run in conjunction with each other and in respect with each other. So it's those sorts of reasons and those sorts of the laws will be built around uh, those sorts of justifications. Hmm. Um, let me come to you, Lisa Fitton. Thank you for giving us your time as well in terms of the NGO space and these introduction of regulations in terms they, they work in. Is it such a bad thing or should we actually stay away from non-governmental organizations completely? Now, let's look at uh, the environment in which NGOs work, especially on the African continent. It's already um, repressive in terms of some countries where we're seeing media, freedoms also limited, which is aligned to um, the freedom of expression. Uh, Also, we see um, the environment whereby uh, the new agenda agenda, uh, is uh, actually limited in uh, some African states where there are anti-gay laws in some African states 
States, Lisa. And uh, definitely there are issues around uh, also uh, civil wars within the context of how humanitarian uh, areas work. But from, from your perspective, because we have that particular climate, definitely doesn't make it easier for NGOs to function within some of those uh, uh, circumstances and situations. I'm going to take a quick break. It's 20 minutes past 11. We're speaking to Lisa Vetten, who is uh, a manager of Care Work Project and also uh, very much uh, a researcher at Wits University here in Johannesburg, South Africa. And we also have Mienka Staitler, who is a media and digital content officer at Amnesty International South Africa. And we're speaking to both of them around the issue that has come out of Amnesty International's latest report called the Global Crackdown on Civil Society Organization, revealing a number of countries using techniques and repressive regulations to prevent NGOs from doing their work. When we come back, we'll look at the issue of what does this actually do for the work of NGOs where uh, organizations are actually limited by government uh, uh, regulation and also at the same time uh, they work in circumstances where whether their lives are uh, at risk and also their work is at risk just because of the uh, situation that they work in. I want to give that uh, question back to Mianka to give us uh, her thoughts on that. Join Channel Africa this coming Friday at 1200 hours Central African time during our midday show when we respond to your comments, concerns, questions and suggestions about Channel Africa in a new listener feedback session. Please send voice notes or call us on WhatsApp at plus 27 763 or social media platforms, Facebook underscore Channel Africa, Twitter at Channel Africa. You can also call live on plus 27 
3943. Remember, Friday, 1st March, between 1200 hours and 1300 hours Central African time. Channel African Management will be in studio to respond to your questions. Make sure you tune in. Channel Africa from the African perspective. Definitely, this is Channel Africa, where we give you news from an African perspective, something we do not shy about. We Africans themselves telling our own narrative. Thank you for joining us on shortwave on the frequency 7230 kilohertz on the 41 meter band to Southern Africa and on DSTV on Channel 802 on the audio bouquet. If you're streaming us, remember we are on www.channelafrica.co.za. Speaking to Mienke Staitler, who is joining us from Amnesty International South Africa. She is the media and digital content officer for the organization. Lisa Vetten is with us as well from uh, Wits University, but uh, in the capacity of being manager of the Care Work Project, which is an, uh, a project that is really focused on uh, organizations which provide social care services. Make I want to bring back that question that I posed to Lisa, and uh, you know already the NGO space works under very difficult circumstances most of the time they work in uh, areas where there's either civil strife or there's internal conflict and when you see these uh, issues that have been highlighted in these reports uh, in terms of repressive regulations being introduced within those environments I wanted to know from your perspective what does it do to uh, the kind of work that non-governmental organizations do Where, uh, where, where you might even see a death around that. 
Well, also, in terms of indirect uh, um, limitations that are imposed on NGOs, uh, I could think of funding as one of those uh, examples. Does the um, report highlight uh, those kind of uh, forms of crackdown on civil uh, society, Mienke, because uh, we've seen also that being a trend in the fact that uh, NGOs are being funded less and less uh, due to maybe uh, the the state's uh, position on certain issues. So that must be stressful because already uh, there are uh, constraints within funding mechanisms that can be utilized by non-governmental organizations. So to have uh, regulations around that, that should be something that uh, uh, organizations such as yourselves um, actually struggle with if there's additional um, pressure on your, your funding access. Um, okay, let, let, let me let me give Lisa a turn, Mienke. Okay, there we go, Lisa. You 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 go ahead. Swiss chocolate wouldn't be Swiss chocolate without African cocoa. <laughs> you know, it's funny when you think about it that way because you realize just how important Africa is to the global economy. And as long as we are deemed to be inferior by the community out there, nothing's ever going to change. I believe it's one of the uh, ancient Greek philosophers who said that when we teach, we'll learn twice. Hello, Africa. Welcome to 1000 African Voices on Channel Africa. 1000 African Voices every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. with repeats on Sundays between 10 and 11 as well as on Monday morning between 3 and 4 Central African Time. 1000 African Voices with me, Awurengwi C on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance from an African perspective. To celebrate African women's achievements, self-emancipation, human rights and democracy, listen to Humanity, Women in Unity. 
an advocacy radio program against all forms of gender-based discrimination and violence against women. Humanity, Women in Unity, on Channel Africa every Thursday at 5 past 10 Central African Time and every Sunday at 5 past 6 Central African Time. Humanity, Women in Unity, with Dr. Amalea Gonez-Malka, every Thursday at 5 past 10 Central African Time and every Sunday morning at 5 past 6 Central African Time. Channel Africa, celebrating African women's achievements. The voice of the African Renaissance, from an African perspective. Hello. To celebrate African women's achievements, self-emancipation, human rights and democracy, Listen to Humanity, Women in Unity, an advocacy radio program against all forms of gender-based discrimination and violence against women. Humanity, Women in Unity, on Channel Africa every Thursday at 5 past 10 Central African Time and every Sunday at 5 past 6 Central African Time. Humanity, Women in Unity, with Dr. Amalea Gonez-Malka. Every Thursday at 5 past 10 Central African Time and every Sunday morning at 5 past 6 Central African Time. Channel Africa, celebrating African women's achievements. The voice of the African Renaissance from an African perspective. I wonder what happened there. I think uh, we've had gremlins in our system. We apologize to the listeners and our guests on the line there. We just lost connection somehow and uh, with our studios just switching off uh, randomly there. But we're back on air. Uh, these things happen. hasn't happened in a long time, especially with me here in studio. But uh, let me see if I can reconnect with my guests on the line. Lisa, are you there with me? Lisa, are you there? Lost Lisa there. Let's see if we can get Mianka there on the line. Mianka, are you there on the line? I can hear you very clearly. We'll see if we can get Lisa back on that particular. I think we've got Lisa. Lisa, are you there? <laughs> the drama of live radio, guys. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, this is what happens sometimes. But Lisa, I was getting that answer from you in terms of, uh, uh, you know, the fact that already NGOs have limited capacity when it comes to access to resources. So regulating where they get the, the, those resources can be something that can be frustrating for organizations. And you were giving me your answer for that when we actually broke. Can you give me that? answer once again. <laughs> yes, I think just in short, what, what it was, I was trying to outline was what it's like to have your funding mm. taken away from you. Sure. Um, and the kind of stress that has on staff who just stress this course mm. to what social development decisions. So it means that people can't come to work anymore because they don't have transport money sometimes because they're dedicated to providing the service. Mm. But, you know, when organizations are 
You know, Mienke, um, Lisa highlights something very interesting there in her response and the fact that some of these regulations and limitations and the hampering of work of civil society, one organization can see what's happening to another organization and can always, almost pull back in, in terms of the type of work that they're doing due to witnessing what's happening to another organization. Lisa, before I let you go, I know you you have to go, but in the context of... the work of NGOs, someone was asking me when we were coming up with the, the preparing for this program, saying that do we still need NGOs? Uh, is there still a place for them? And uh, in the context of what's happening in terms of these repressive implementations that we're seeing from some states, uh, how important are they still in that context?
Well, thank you so much, Lisa, for giving us your time. But let me wrap it up with a final question to you, Mianke, in terms of uh, uh, the future of uh, NGO work right now. Um, do you think that it is being inhabited? And what can be done to actually reverse this trend that we're seeing? Well, thank you so much as well, Mienke, for giving us your time. It's always good having you on our program. Uh, thank you for joining us once again. Great. That's Mienke Statler, who is a media and digital content officer at Amnesty International South Africa. And uh, she was alongside Lisa Vetten, who is uh, joining us, a manager of Care Work Project, which is an organization that is uh, really focused on uh, organizations uh, that uh, provide social care services. Mm-hmm.